I invite you to all turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm 111. I fully intended to go back to Matthew 23 this morning. That's what I told Marilyn I was going to do, so she put following Jesus on the back of your bulletin. That's what I said last week we were going to do this Sunday. We're going to go back to Matthew 23. Uh, That's what I studied all week long. I even got up yesterday morning thinking we're going to be in Matthew 23. But I had thought that the message of woe that Jesus has for the scribes and the Pharisees was a little bit strange as a fit for Celebration Sunday and all that we've planned to praise God for today. I didn't have any other ideas. And we had just gotten back to Matthew together last week. Some of you are like, finally, we're back in Matthew. Let's stay with Matthew. So I assumed it was Matthew 23. But yesterday morning, I, I, I ground my coffee, make the coffee. You got to make the coffee before you do the thinking, right? And I sat down with my cup of coffee. I turned on the light above the couch and I opened up my Bible. And the very next psalm, the very next thing for me to read in my devotions, I've been reading the psalms this year in my devotions. The very next thing was... Psalm 111. And as I was reading it, I said, Thank you, Father. This is it right here. This is what we're supposed to look at tomorrow at church. So I switched gears yesterday morning uh, before Josh's wedding. So exciting to see Josh and Katie get married next week when they're here. I told Josh, Now you're going to be here doing the announcements tomorrow, right? And he's like, I don't think I agreed to that. So. But uh, make sure that you uh, tell Josh and Katie congratulations next Sunday when they're back with us. So I had to get ready for the wedding, but before that I was going to study Psalm 111 and then get ready to share it today with you. Psalm 111 is a hymn of praise to a faithful God who does great works. Psalm 111 is a hymn of praise to a faithful God who does great work. So it's perfect for us to study together on Celebration Sunday. When we celebrate the great works that God has done in our church over these last 127 years. I want to read the whole thing to you as we get started from beginning to end. I don't want to just do it in pieces. I want us to get the whole feel for the whole thing. But you need to know before I do that, and in the Hebrew, Psalm 111 is written as an acrostic poem. You know what an acrostic is? It means that it follows the alphabet one after another. After the hallelujah of verse 1, each line for all 22 lines starts with the next letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Dalet, and so forth. If this was in English, it would be the ABCs of praising God for His great works. The author of this song has taken great care to thoughtfully compose it. There is order and intentionality and a lot of careful thought put into this sacred composition. He isn't just dashing the words onto a page. And behind that insightful author stands the Holy Spirit who inspired the whole thing and gives it to us today as a song that we can sing and pray and use to guide our thoughts about our Lord. Psalm 111 is a gift from God to shape our relationship with Him. Listen as I read it to you and let it fill up your heart. Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart and the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. 
Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are steadfast forever and ever, done in faithfulness and uprightness. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. Would you pray with me? To you belong, to you belongs eternal praise, O Lord. Help us to give you just a smidgen of that praise as we ingest this psalm. Your words came and I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. I pray that we would eat these words. We take them into our hearts and they would shape us, change us into the image of Christ and that he would get the glory. To him belongs eternal praise. Amen. In just a few minutes, we're going to take our annual church family photo. Here's last year's. We've been doing this now for 20 years. You can see them all hanging in the hallway down from the ladies' room on this wing over here and across from the prayer room. Check them out after the service this morning. It's fun to see. It's bittersweet for Heather and me this year in that we have no kids in the one from 1999. And then we basically added a child to each picture for four years. And then they they all grew up in the pictures. And then This year, we're going down to three in the picture, and who knows, maybe two, and then one, and then who knows, as the Lord leads. I love this tradition that we have for the last two decades, because it not only reminds us of who we are, but whose we are. We stop and we thank God for what He has done in our midst each year. I love, as I go through the pictures, seeing new people. There's people up here, I think this was their first Sunday last week, and I'm glad they're in the picture. If you are new here at Lance Free Church, you are invited to come up here and get your picture taken with us. If this is your first Sunday, we want you up here with us. On Celebration Sunday, we snap a picture and we say together, praise God for his faithfulness to Lance Free Church for all these years. He has done great things. Well, Psalm 111 is not a snapshot. It's a song. But it's a song that does the same thing as the snapshot. It's a song about how the Lord has done great things. Verse 2 begins with these words, Great are the works of the Lord. I think that makes a fitting title for the whole psalm. Great are the works of the Lord. And I want to make three points of application as we work our way down through this psalm together. Three things that we should do because we read Psalm 111 and we've taken it into our hearts. 
Here's the first one. Praise the Lord in public. Listen again to verse 1. Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Now we don't know who wrote this psalm. It might have been King David. We don't know. It does not say. Whoever it was was not afraid or ashamed to get up in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly and praise the Lord. It starts with hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And he declares his intention to extol the Lord. What does it mean to extol the Lord? Anybody extol anything this week? You did, but you probably didn't call it extolling. It's when you, it's when you give thanks for something or you say how great this thing is, right? When my son gets a new anvil, for a week, all we hear about is how great this anvil is. He's like, not for a week, for a lifetime. You know, just the qualities of it and how great it is. Right? What did you extol the virtues of this last week? What did you give thanks for? Well, the psalmist says he's going to get up and he's going to extol the Lord. He's going to say how awesome the Lord is. He's going to recount the ways in which God is worthy. And he's going to do that, in verse, it says in verse 1, with what? With all my heart. See, he's not going to hold anything back. He's not going to worry about respectability. He's not going to worry about what others think of him. He's just going to praise the Lord. And he's going to do it in public. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the council of the upright and in the assembly. In our age and our terms, that means I'm going to get up and praise the Lord at church. Not just in private. Not just out on our own, not just out in the woods somewhere, should do it there, but with other people, where other people can hear you. He's going to say, all glory be to Christ our King. All glory be to Christ. I think this is a model prayer for you and me. We're not just supposed to say, oh, that's interesting. Uh, I'm glad to hear this guy gave praise to God at church. We're supposed to do what he did. And give praise to God in public. The council of the upright might be a more intimate group, a a smaller group. It might be a link group or a Sunday school class or a Bible study or a prayer meeting. But he also says in in the assembly, that's probably everybody. All the people of God gathered together in public to praise God. And this guy says, I'm going to praise God there. So let me ask you, are you willing to praise God in public? Now, I know you're here, and that's a good thing. You're here praising God in public. But are you praising God in public? Are you just letting others do it for you? Are you willing to stand up and speak up and extol the Lord? Or let me ask you this way. If you are extolling the Lord, are you doing it with all your heart? What are you holding back? The Lord wants us to not be afraid or ashamed to praise Him before others. And here's what we're supposed to praise Him for. Verse 2, great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Point number two of three, ponder the works of the Lord. That means to study them, to search them out, to turn them over and over again in your mind, to think in your heart about the works of the Lord. The psalmist says that those who delight in the works of the Lord ponder them. 
I don't think that we can do that too much. Have you ever thought too much about the works of the Lord? I don't, I'm not sure that's possible. And instead, I think we do too little pondering on the works of the Lord. When was the last time you sat down and made a mental list of all the things the Lord has done for you, even recently? We're coming up on November, Thanksgiving season, right? That's a great time to pause and ponder what God has done. Count your many blessings. But let's not wait for November to do it. The psalmist says that God's works, God's deeds are great. And they're worth pondering. He has some more adjectives to describe these words beyond great. Alec Mottier says this psalm is a running rhapsody of Yahweh and His works. Look at verse 3. Glorious. And majestic are His deeds. And His righteousness endures forever. See, these deeds are not just great. They are glorious. They are majestic. They are exalted deeds. They are deeds above all other deeds. What has God done that is glorious and majestic? Well, how about creation? We'll just start there. I think the psalmist is probably thinking about Genesis 1. In the beginning, God made a few of the stuff. Is that how it reads? In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. That's everything, right? That's quite a deed, isn't it? And he did it by speaking it into existence. It wasn't like, he was like, okay, I'm going to limber up. Okay, stretch. Okay. All right. Okay, now I'm going to make this little thing here. And then I'm going to make this thing over here. Oh, man. I'm exhausted. No. He says, let there be light. And there's light. That's a glorious deed. Let there be, let there be, let there be. And he speaks the world into existence. Everything in the known universe and everything that we're still discovering. God made it all. Ponder that. Ponder it. It's glorious. It's majestic. And then the psalmist says, and his righteousness endures forever. Now that word forever is key to this psalm. It shows up in some form in verse 3, verse 5, verse 8, verse 9, verse 10. I didn't notice that till yesterday, that this is a forever psalm. What, what God does stands firm, and here it's His righteousness that is forever. Ponder that for a second. That's really good news. You do not want a God who is righteous today and potentially unrighteous tomorrow or a thousand years from today. The only kind of God who is fully trustworthy is one whose righteousness is forever. Ponder that. I know we take it for granted. We're like, yeah, God, check. No. Think about who the psalmist says God is. This means God never sins. This means God never makes mistakes. This means means that God never is imperfect or at a loss. He's never like, well, I tried, but I just came up short. It means He never does anything wrong. He never leads anyone astray. 
The song says, there is no shadow of turning with him, right? Wow. Ponder a being like that. Because everybody else will fail you. I will fail you. Whenever Pastor Appreciation Month rolls around, I feel great appreciation from you and for you as our church family. But it often causes me to think about my own pastoral failures, the times when I did not match up. I think about some of the people whose pictures are on the wall across from the prayer room and who aren't here today for their picture to get taken because, in part, I disappointed them in some way. Everybody else will fail you on some level, but not God. His righteousness endures forever. In verse 4, I think the psalmist turns from Genesis to Exodus. Look at verse 4. He has caused His wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Those two words ring, ring any bells for you? Do they sound any alarms for you from your Old Testament? They should. Those last two words are together a lot in your Old Testament because they are an echo of Exodus 34. When the Lord passed before Moses, who he'd placed in the cleft of the rock, do you remember that? Moses was like, show me your glory. And the Lord said, you don't want that. (laughs) You could not handle that. He says, but here's what I will do. I'll let you, you, we'll put you in this cleft of the rock and then I'm going to pass by I'm going to put my hand on you, whatever that means. And then as I pass by, you're going to get to see the the tail of the afterglow as I go by. And then when he did that, he said, I'll tell you my glory. I'll give you my name. He says, the Lord, the Lord, what? The gracious and compassionate God. It's like the definition of who God is. God is doing all of these great works not because we deserve it, but because He is gracious and compassionate. Because He's showing mercy to us. God has not blessed Lance Free Church for 127 years because we're so great. He's done it because He's so great and because He's gracious and compassionate to us. That's why these good gifts come to us. And they are wonders. I think when he says wonders, that the psalmist is probably thinking about the miracles God did when he rescued his people from Egypt. The plagues. The Red Sea. All those miracles in the desert. Those are wonders. And the psalmist says, ponder that. Think about the things God has done. And he says, in your pondering, remember them. Go back over it again and again so that God gets the glory and God gets the credit. Do you know what is the most repeated command in the Old Testament? Like if you were to read the Old Testament and you find out what God's people are supposed to do, do you know what the number one repeated command is? Remember. Remember. That's why we set aside time to celebrate. That's why a day like Celebration Sunday is a good idea, to remember what God has done. Lita told us this morning this church was 
founded in 1892, and that it was refounded in 1965 by those seven members that Lita read their names to us. I've had the privilege of knowing five of the seven. That was almost 55 years ago. And look at us today. Ponder that. Celebrate it. Remember it. He has caused His wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. One thing I'm especially grateful for this year, looking back, are all of the faithful women of this church throughout its 127-year history. You might have noticed the display out in the foyer of women from across the EFCA who've had a historic role in shaping who we are and being used by the Lord in mighty ways. This is a, it's a smaller replica of a display that was set up at EFCA 1, our national conference back in June. Some of the women on that wall are familiar to some of us here, especially Elizabeth Anderson, who was one of our missionaries for several decades. Her face used to be on that back wall before she went to glory. We're going to leave up that display for the next month leading up to the ladies' tea with Jan Cohn. But the faithful women weren't just out there. They've also been here all along. Six of the seven re-founding members were ladies. I've had the privilege of knowing four of them. Yesterday I went through my files and made a list of faithful women in this church that I've had the honor of leading their funerals for over the last two decades. Here are some of their names, just some of them. Mabel Carlson, Marie Benton, Marie Wirtz, Betty Pritz, Norma Dobash, Ann Kyler, Ann Nydrick, Dora Hampton, Brenda Plisko, Beatrice Johnson, Carolyn Dobo, Mary Schimmel. That's just a few of them. This church has been blessed with wonderful, faithful, godly women. And there are many in this room right now. I'm not going to embarrass you by calling out your name in church. But we do ponder what God has done. We recognize this as God's gift to our church. And we remember. He has caused His wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Verse 5. He provides food for those who fear Him. He remembers His covenant forever. Now we're moving from Exodus into Numbers, aren't we? He's talking about the manna, isn't He? How the Lord provided food for them in the wilderness, in the desert. You know, there's no McDonald's in the desert. Every morning, there it was. We're not sure what it is. Manna actually in Hebrew means, what is it, right? So every morning they're like, what is it? I don't know, but it tastes good. I don't know, but it's keeping me going. This is why we pray before meals and why we give thanks for our daily bread. Because every meal is a gift from God. Ponder that. This meal is one of God's works. We, we just eat, right? Right? We don't think, even when we stop to pray, we're like, okay, we need to stop to pray. But every meal is one of God's works. Have you ever thought about what it takes to get a meal on the table? 
I often say that Heather is a miracle worker for what she cooks up for us at home and puts on the table. But the ultimate miracle worker is God because that little meal is one of His great works. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Him. Every single little meal is one of God's great works. Ponder that. Remember that. And ponder this. God remembers His covenant forever. There's that word forever again, isn't it? A covenant is basically a set of promises. There's more to it, but when you boil it down, covenants are promises. So this is saying that God is a promise keeper, and He always will be. God always keeps His promises. The psalmist says, forever. Forever is a long time. The psalmist was probably thinking about the Abrahamic covenant, the promises God made to Abraham. But we, on this side of the cross, also know about the new covenant, don't we? In Jesus' blood. We're getting close to that in the Gospel of Matthew. Just a few more weeks, and we'll reach the Last Supper. I'm so glad that the Lord remembers His covenant forever. Aren't you? What if God forgot? What if God forgot His covenant? Just ponder that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I promised that I would do that, but... Sorry. Can you imagine? Well, we take for granted that the Lord will remember His covenant forever. How terrible that would be. Do you see what we're doing here with this psalm? We're pondering the works of the Lord. We're going back over and over what God has done. We're rehearsing it in our mind and pondering it in our hearts so that praise comes out of our mouths. Verse 6, He has shown His people the power of His works, giving them the lands of other nations. Now He's gone from Exodus into Joshua, hasn't He? God has promised His people the land and He gave His people the land. He remembers His promises and He displaces the pagan Canaanites for their sinful rebellion. Verse 7, The works of His hands are faithful and just. All His precepts are trustworthy. You see how this is adjective city? He just keeps adding them up. They're not just great. They're not just glorious. They're not just majestic. They're not just gracious. They're not just compassionate. They're not just powerful. They're faithful and just. And his precepts or his principles or or laws are trustworthy. What the Lord tells us to do is not reckless or guesswork. It's trustworthy and true. That's why the psalmist in Psalm 1 delights in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night because everything God tells us to do is trustworthy and true. Verse 8, they are steadfast forever and ever, done in faithfulness and uprightness. There, it's not just forever, but it's forever and ever. God's steadfastness is unchanging. It never gives up. It's not fickle. It's not limited. And the second part of that line says that its precepts are done in faithfulness and uprightness. Now, that might mean that we're supposed to do them in faithfulness and uprightness, which would be right and good. But it could also mean that God keeps his own precepts in faithfulness and uprightness. That's a concept to ponder as well, isn't it? Verse 9 brings it home. The grandest work of God to ponder. Verse 9, 
He provided redemption for His people. He ordained His covenant, there's the word, forever. Holy and awesome is His name. What is redemption? Redemption is freedom for a price. Freedom at a price. For the psalmist, that redemption was the death of the firstborn and the Red Sea rescue and the sacrificial system. But for Christians, we know what the real and true redemption is. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the cross of Christ. It's where the Abrahamic covenant was brought to fulfillment. It's where the new covenant was brought to fulfillment. The cross is where the eternal covenant was brought to fulfillment. Ponder that. Ponder what happened at the cross. Our church, hear me now, our church is not about our church. Our church is not about our church. Our church is about the gospel. Our church is not about our church. Our church is about the cross. Our church is not about our church. Our church is about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Holy and awesome is His name. Have you trusted in Jesus Christ as your own Lord and Savior? As your own King and Redeemer? Your own Rescuer? Jesus has provided the ultimate redemption through His blood. And He has come back to life to give life to all who will trust in Him. Holy and awesome is His name. In the last verse of this song, the psalmist urges all of us to do the next logical thing. What's the next logical thing? If we have truly pondered who this God is and what great works this God has done, then we will choose to fear and follow Him. Number three and last, fear the Lord and follow His precepts. Listen to verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow His precepts have good understanding To him belongs eternal praise. The psalmist says there's a choice out there. It's a choice we learned about back when we studied Psalm 1 at Family Bible Week. It's a choice of are you going to turn right or are you going to turn left? Are you going to take the path of righteousness or the path of wickedness? It all comes down to our hearts. Do we fear the Lord or do we basically despise him? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of living skillfully and rightly in God's world. It's the beginning of following God's ways. And there is so much blessing there. I wish I had time this morning to take you to Psalm 112. Read it this afternoon. You got a little time Sunday afternoon? We've listened to Psalm 111. Now, this afternoon, read Psalm 112 because they're sister psalms. Psalm 112 takes off right where Psalm 111 leads off, or the other way around. It's also an acrostic poem. And it's one that talks about how blessed it is to do what verse 10 says to do. If you live the way verse 10 says to do it, what kind of blessing will come your way if you fear the Lord and follow His precepts? Read it this afternoon and see if you don't want to follow the Lord just because you did. I want that blessing for me. And I want it for you. And I want it for all of Lance Free Church for the next 127 years or however long the Lord tarries. Let's choose today to humble ourselves in the fear of the Lord and follow 
His precepts. We call it a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. The psalm ends where it begins, and it goes from one to infinity. To Him belongs eternal praise, forever praise, praise unending. Great is Thy faithfulness. Great is Thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, Thy hand hath provided. Great is Thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. To Him belongs eternal praise.